This is Wordfall, with historical novelist Rosanna M. White, offering our words to the Lord at the crossroads of faith, family, and fiction. The Purpose of Praise Last week, my husband asked one of those questions of his that get me thinking, the sort that sounds straightforward but isn't. He said, what's the purpose of praise? Now, I already knew that things like the Psalms and even our modern praise and worship songs don't stir my husband's heart like they do other people's. It's just not how he's made, which in turn lends him a very interesting perspective on it. And it makes him question whether the point is to be moved by it or something else entirely. Why does God command us to praise? For us? For him? Well, this past week, I was plotting out a new biblical fiction story that I will be writing for Guidepost's Ordinary Women of the Bible line of novels, and this question he asked must have been lingering in my head, because I found that emerging as the primary theme, rather unexpectedly, of my fictional retelling of Naaman's Handmaiden. So what is the purpose of praise? Is it to rouse emotions? Does it have some effect on God? We're told that our praise is like sweet incense to him, but does a pleasant smell have a big purpose? Are we told to praise God because he needs us to? Because we need us to? Because others need us to? This was the heart of the discussion David and I had. So I don't personally believe the charge to praise him and worship him, to thank him for everything, is for God's benefit at all. Now, if you have evidence otherwise, please feel free to correct me. But God isn't, I think, bound by emotions like we are. He isn't so easily moved one way or the other by circumstances or words. I think we praise him for us, for ourselves, those doing the praises, and for others, those who hear us. So I'm going to take a few minutes to look at those options. First and foremost, I think songs or words of praise are meant to remind us of a few very important things that God is God, that God is good, that God is above all and despite all, that no matter our circumstances, his nature doesn't change. And so by singing or reciting or whispering words that affirm this, we're reminding our own changeable hearts and minds and emotions that there is a rock on which we stand. We realign our thinking and feeling. Some of my sweetest moments of praise have been between no one but me and my maker, my master. They've been moments of awe when I remember and reflect not just on what he's done, but on who he is. And this private praise is important. Whatever shape it may take, I mean, maybe you sing songs, maybe you write down your thoughts, maybe you quietly pray, maybe you just think about him. This praise of him leads your heart to worship him. But I do also believe there's another purpose to the words, and they require them to be spoken or sung aloud in the hearing of others. Because those words also bear testimony to who he is and what he's done. Have you ever noticed how many of the Psalms are a recounting of history? The Exodus, for example? Or specific events in the life of the psalmist, whether it's David or someone else? I will admit that as someone who grew up in church, I occasionally skimmed over the historical ones because, well, they were boring. I already knew the story. I didn't want to hear it again. So I'd go on to the next psalm that spoke of dejection or hope or sorrow and darkness, joy and light. 
but I think I was doing it wrong. Or at least I was not fully appreciating the purpose of those songs of history. Because in a day when the primary way of teaching was through recitation, these are powerful, important tools. These songs are the way the next generation was told of his might and power. These songs are the way strangers learn of who the God of Israel is and what sets him apart from the Balaam or the gods of Egypt. These songs are testimony. In my fictional story, I decided to make my heroine a singer, someone who's always taken great joy in singing hymns of praise. But when she's captured by Syrians and finds herself serving in Naaman's house, she doesn't at first know if she should continue singing. But it's who she is. So soon her songs start coming forth again. Songs of praise and witness to her God. Songs that change the household, that change Naaman that inspire them to believe in the God of Israel instead of Rimen. Her songs convict, teach, and inspire. That, I think, is the true purpose of praise. Not just to get our emotions in a frenzy or put a catchy tune in our heads that we won't be able to knock out of it for days to come, but to put his words in our heart so that those hearts remember always to incline to him and then to remind or teach those around us too. He doesn't tell us to praise for his sake. He tells us to praise for ours, and perhaps even more for theirs. Check out rosannamwhite.com for information about me or my books and to subscribe to my newsletter. This episode of Wordfall is brought to you by Bookish Teas and Totes, bringing you t-shirt and tote bags for book lovers created by book lovers. Check out bookishteasandtotes.com to see our latest designs. Wordfall is a proud part of the White Fire Podcast Network. Please visit whitefire.tv slash podcast for other shows I know you'll love.